When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Welcome on, Elisa, to the show. Don't worry, I, I'm going to edit some of this. <laughs> uh, Elisa is with us today. I've met her across Blurry Creatures fan page, I do believe. And uh, there was some comments that she was making that just caught my eye. And I was, I was pulled right in. I wanted to have her on the show to talk about her personal experiences with deliverance. And uh, with no further delay, let's go ahead and just bring... Elisa on now. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Um, thanks for having me. I want to start off with prayer because I feel like without Jesus, everything's just kind of pointless. Um, so Yeshua, I just thank you, Lord God, for who you are. I thank you, Lord God, for um, just the ability to be able to talk about your goodness and your glory and about freedom in your name, Lord Papa. Lord Jesus, I pray that any person that is listening would be able to have ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord God. Um, If there's a veil that's blocking their vision, I pray that it would be removed, Lord God, and that they would learn things about your kingdom. And Lord God, I pray that you would anoint my mind and my mouth and my tongue, Lord God, and I would only speak things that are glorifying and honoring to you. And I pray that you would direct this conversation. And I thank you, Lord Papa, for who you are, Lord Jesus. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Perfect. Perfect. Ooh, so how are you doing? Um, I'm pretty good. Um, like I mentioned before, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is actually pretty exciting um, to be able to share everything God's done in my life um, throughout the past like 38 years. So yeah, it's well, fun experience. I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to hear it. You can start wherever you want to. Um, I know you said you had some childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you want to start there, that's fine. If you want to start to what happened lately it's whatever it's it's your show i will just hop in to keep the conversation going i will try to i'll try to be more of a listener though okay sounds good um so i currently live in arkansas but i'm originally from california i was born and raised there and i started having kind of weird experiences around like those lovely little teen years where most people seem to have those lovely little experiences where the demonic is like oh i can attack you now um so i i have Um, At the time I was living with my grandma, my mom, my dad, and my older sister. And I remember being like 11, 12 years old. And I was using my dad's bathroom and I started seeing things float around his bathroom. And uh, I have never run so fast in my entire life. I completely booked it. And I remember telling my parents about like things levitating 
and then explain gravity to me. And I was like, no, that's not how gravity works. I am a child, but I'm not dumb. Um, and so that was my first encounter. Um, I kind of always sense that there's something really weird and off about like my house. I was very afraid to be downstairs. Um, I kept having like almost like open visions of like my grandmother walking up and down the stairs. And it really freaks me out, even though my grandma was like the kindest woman that you would ever meet. Um, at one point, we had a missionary come and stay at my house. And she said, your house is filled with witchcraft. My mom just like kicked her out. She's like, nope, get out of my house. Um, but our house was filled with witchcraft. And I didn't know that until later. So my grandmother was a Freemason. And mm -hmm. her older brother, so my uncle that I, or my grand uncle that I never met, um, he was a 33 degree. And then he had a younger brother who was a 32nd. And so we had all their stuff. And if people know anything about Freemasonry, it is not good. Um, they do human sacrifices, they do oaths and covenants and put curses on the bloodline. And so my grandma made some really good life decisions. Um, and so she started as a kid and like went all the way up until my mom was like a teenager. And uh, something really weird happened. She never wanted to talk about what that weird thing was. Um, she just never went again to one of the meetings. And so my mom grew up as like a rainbow girl. And so she was in the kids version of the Freemasons. And so in our house, we had pretty much everything from like ancestrals, like it's like, it just sounds gross and weird, but my mom was like a hoarder. And so she was very connected to her family. So she had like braids of hair and jewelry from like the 1700s and like all these family memorabilia and doorknobs. And so it was like everything a demon could have basically attached itself to was yeah. in our home. Um, and she would openly manifest. And I didn't know what that was as a kid. My mom would literally just stand in my doorway and she'd go, I am not your mother. And then just stand there for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. And it was like the weirdest thing. And I was oh. like, what is going on with my childhood? And so my dad and my sister both have Asperger's. And so I didn't look like I could talk to them about like what was going on with mom because I didn't really understand what was going on with mom. And so I just kind of felt like I was alone and didn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me. And I also had no clue about who God was. So we went to church every single Sunday, but church was very much a very formal um, there was no healing. There was no miracles. There was no tongues. There was no deliverance. It was, you pray a prayer, like you have grace, you're good. You could just kind of live however you want to live. And, you know, that's go on mission trips. That was basically the church that I grew up in. And so um, I didn't have a good understanding about who God was. And when I was, oh man, maybe like 15, 16, my pastor had an affair. He committed suicide. And that just jacked me up because I was like, is there any good Christians in this world? And so I just didn't have a very good taste about who God was. And so I got very, very depressed and very suicidal. And I just did not want to be here. And so it wasn't until I was 18 and I was in university where I actually discovered who God was. And so, again, like if you're not talking about Jesus, then what's the point? So there was this girl named Jacqueline and she like stalked me like a hawk for Jesus. I have never been more pursued by anybody in my entire life where she invited me to every Christian thing to the point where I like jump in the bushes when I would see her coming. And so um, what ended up happening is one of my classes got canceled. It was like 
a month left of school and I decided to walk through like through this field on my way back to the dorms and I never walked through this field I was a really big girl at the time I was like a size 16 I'm like a size six now and so running was not like an option for me and so I well it is an option but I just chose not to make it an option I saw Jacqueline coming towards me and I like wanted to book it and run away but that's awkward and weird and so she invited me to come hear about Jesus and I was like okay God if you are real you didn't have to prove yourself to me and so within two years of being a baby Christian because I accepted Christ that that day um, I, it was really funny too, because I had no idea what it meant to be a Christian. I went to Bible study the following week and I literally thought Bible study was like confession because my grandma was Catholic. And so I like told them all my sins and they just looked at me for like their jaws drop. I'm like, why is that? Is that not what we do at like, at, <laughs> at Bible study? Is that not a thing? But like, I apologized to my parents. I made things right. Um, and then I ended up going to Bible camp, which sounds super nerdy, but it was fantastic where I learned that Jesus actually healed people and that he did miracles. I had no idea until I was 18. I went to church every oh, wow. Sunday until I was 18. And I had no idea that God did that. Um, and so, uh, I'm now a baby Christian. I'm probably two years in and we're all sitting around and we are praying for each other and we're doing a type of prayer. Um, it's normally referred to as like sozo or it's like a deep, like inner healing prayer where like you have like wounding from like your childhood and basically you invite Jesus into your memories and you ask him to heal and restore it. And so we're praying for my friend, Robert and Robert has been a Christian since probably he was like two years old and he loves the Lord and I can see it all over him. I know who he is. I've walked alongside of him. He was my neighbor when I was a freshman or like juniors at this point. And so he's getting prayed for and um, out of nowhere, the person praying for him just flat out asked him, she goes, what is your name? And I'm like, that's a weird question to ask Robert. Like you've known him for three years. That's Robert. Like that we have Alzheimer's problems I don't understand and out right. of nowhere my friend's voice changes from this like you know like 20 year old kid's voice to like this deep super creepy very angry voice and he yells out anger and I was like what just happened to Robert and then she's like anybody else in there and I was like nope nope what's happening and um so then it comes this little tiny meek voice and she's like, anybody else? And it's like dead silence. And she cast them out. And then I saw Robert, this grown man, 20 years old, frolic around the camp for like the next like two hours. I've never seen anybody more free or more yeah. whole. And I was just like, well, I guess that's real. Uh, but like, how do you deny <laughs> that? Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't something I had never been told anything otherwise. Like it wasn't talked about at all at church I didn't even realize that like that anybody could have a demon I know it's like written in the bible but I had no like concept I was still learning who God was at that point right and so I had no basis of like somebody saying like a Christian can't have a demon because obviously this Christian had a demon um and so uh. um after I graduated I ended up getting a job at a elementary school um, and I was not qualified at all. I do not know on earth why they hired me. Um, but I worked with this boy that had something called Lesh Nihan and I had never heard about it before. Um, it was diagnosed in the early 1900s where these two guys last names like Lesh and Nihan. So it's very clever name to name it after this. Um, they walked into basically like a sane asylum and there was like a bunch of like teenage boys 
who were like missing parts of their tongue and like had fingertips missing and just like had all these problems going on. And um, they had to be bound up because they started like break their own necks when they were like teenagers. And so I worked with a little boy that had this. And so, you know, like you just go, you're like, oh, I'm working with special needs. Well, this boy's eyes changed. His voice changed at one moment he would look at me and tell me that why isn't God healing me why isn't he answering my prayers and then this like deep manly voice would come out of this kid and he would go I'm gonna rip your face off and bury you and I'm like oh my dear Lord Jesus like what is happening and so um, I didn't know what to do with that because I I was never trained like they don't teach this in church like what do you do when you encounter like a demon you know like how do you cast it out you know like you know like Jesus would like take like his spit and like rub it on people and like like do I rub it on the child like I don't know how to do this and so I literally walked away from that that season I worked with him for two years and I had no clue what I was doing I just knew that this kid needed freedom and he needed healing and I didn't know how to bring that to him and that's probably one of the biggest regrets that I actually have that I didn't like seek it out and find a way to actually help this kid because my church didn't talk about it I didn't know anybody that talked about it it wasn't until I did YWAM when I was in my 30s Um, So I like lived in Australia and I lived in Canada and I went to all these different countries um, where they actually did deliverance training. And so they actually taught you how to cast out demons. And so, yeah. Um, And so uh, we casted them out of tons of people. It was actually super fun. Um, And so like, it's not like fun, fun, but it was like fun to see freedom on people on the other side and know that you have authority in Jesus's name. And what was crazy is every person that we cast them out of was a Christian. Um, and so I am still baffled why people like have that belief system that only like once you have Jesus, you can't have like a demon like inside of you. And so I actually have a story about that. Um, so one of my really good friends, um, her dad was not a Christian, but she was And she can see in the spirit. So she can see angels and she can see demons. And so she would go to his house and she could see them all over his house. Right. And so she just did what she knew to do because at the time she was a baby Christian. So she cast them out. You know, she was a Christian. She doesn't want to be in a house with a bunch of demons. And so every time she was there, she cast them out. She cast them out. She cast them out. She would cast them out because, you know, she's there. It's like, you know, but she didn't realize that she didn't have a legal right to do that and that her dad was not a Christian. And so she like rocks up to his house one night, like super late going to like spend the night. And uh, she looks through the window and she sees this huge demon standing there. It's like bigger than like the top of the windowsill. And there's like two little minion demons on either side. And there's demons all over the house. Like there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And so she can actually hear it audibly say, go get her. And they jump through the window and start chasing after her car. And so she speeds off. They're like running after her. And so she knows her authority as a Christian. So she's like, go sit in a field. So they go and sit in a field because they have to listen because she has Jesus. And so she's like, I don't know what to do. So she ends up calling up her husband now at the time. So it was like her boyfriend then. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I see demons everywhere. And he's like, what were you doing? Like, why are they all there? And so she's like, I casted them out. He's like, no, you can't do that. And the reason why is because if somebody does not know Jesus, 
like, and you cast out a demon, seven more of its buddies are going to come back and make that person's situation worse. And right. so every time she went there, she like, let's just say there was like a hundred demons. Well, now there's 700 and then she cast them out again. And like, that's math that I can't do in my head right now. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, like she just invited thousands and thousands and thousands of demons there. And so he's like praying the angelic, ask for God's Holy Spirit to come in that place and ask for like, what kind of like angels are you aware of? She's like, well, there's warrior angels, there's worshiping angels, there's messenger angels. And he's like, told her to like, how to strategically like place them around the house. And so her dad's been super closed off to Jesus for a really long time. And she said the last time she went there, which is like eight years after this fact, there's a lot less demons than there used to be just because the presence of God is still like so heavy because she's yeah. prayed in God's presence, but he's still not, he's just starting to get receptive to like God. So wow. if you're walking up to somebody thinking that like, you know, like only non-Christians have demons, like that actually isn't scriptural. It doesn't even say anywhere in scripture that like the minute you accept Jesus, that everything leaves because you have a body, you have a soul and you have a spirit. So your spirit's like fine, but you know, like demons have legal right to attack um, you um, physically as well as mentally. So they can attack your soul and they can attack, which is your mind, body and spirit, not spirit, mind, body and like your will. And then they can attack um, like your body. So people are walking around. You have all these like super sick Christians where they're like struggling with depression and anxiety and like all these food disorders and like all these different things. And like they don't realize that they have open doors that even they may not even be aware of. So like I've had demons cast out multiple times for multiple different things i had a really bad stomach issues where i got bedridden because i couldn't even drink water and i sat with a pastor for like an hour and a half and i forgave person after person after person after person that has wronged me and then they cast out a spirit of infirmity out of me and i literally felt something go from like the pit of my stomach go up and completely out of me and i went home and i was like i'm gonna test this out because at that point i couldn't have wheat and I couldn't have dairy and I couldn't have corn so life was really fun um <laughs> so I went home and I was like okay I'm gonna test this because at this point if I had I remember somebody made eggs in a pan and they had butter in the pan and I didn't wash the pan and I cooked eggs in the pan after them and I was sick for three days oh, um wow. so I was like okay we're gonna test this so I I think I drank like half a glass of milk no problem. And then I was like, okay, well, that was pretty good. I think I'm going to try ice cream. Um, and then I had ice cream and I was like, no problem. I was like, okay, we're going to have bread. So we got fat there for a hot second because, life was <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I had a spirit of infirmity because I had unforgiveness in my life. Um, I had as well, I had um, really bad back issues where like my back was all twisted and that was tied to the Freemasonry with my grandma, which I'll explain in like a little bit. Um, and then as well, I used to have seizures and God healed me from seizures and I had really bad asthma. I had a belief system that I had to be sick to be valuable in my family and I mm. repented of it and they cast it off of me and I haven't had an asthma attack or any problems breathing in like six years. And wow. so it's like crazy that people just think, well, you know, I have all these ailments and stuff. And they don't realize it's, a lot of it is actually demonic. Like we what live in a fallen, broken world. 
where mm. people like because if you don't think that a christian can have a demon because jesus lives inside of you you also have to think well he says he healed you so the means that minute that he like you accepted jesus all your ailments should be gone too right they're not you still struggle with your diabetes and you still struggle with like you know your depression and your anxiety and all these different things you know there's even like a bible verse that says um to work out your salvation but if you go into that word and you actually look it up it means deliverance to work out your deliverance it's a process with him so when you become a christian right he doesn't take everything magically away with you like away from you like you are saved your spirit is good you're solid you're ready to go but it's not like all your problems magically disappear i mean people still struggle with all these different things and you know and then they're under this belief system that you know nothing's attacking me because I have Jesus, but then they have all these open doors to life and they don't realize that they have open doors and the open doors could be like, Hey, I played with tarot cards or Hey, um, you know, I have a Harry Potter like on my bookshelf and I'm reading it or Hey, um, I, I watched these horror movies or Hey, I had premarital sex or Hey, like, you know, and there's like a whole slew of different like ways where like things have a legal right to attack you because Satan's all about legality. You know, there's so many different parts of the Bible where it talks about like God's like courtroom. And so, um, you know, Jesus is like the judge and then Satan is the accuser. You know, he even like, he didn't even have right to like go and like attack Job until like God gave him permission. Like he had legal steps. And so it's all about like a legal system. Right. And so people have all these legal doors that they're not like aware of. And so some of it even has to do with generational stuff. So well, I was, let, let me ask you a question real quick, yeah. because, uh, con, you know, full confession time. Hmm. I've always been one of those people yeah. <laughs> that, you know, a Christian can't have a demon, but I, I need your help with this. Okay. Am I just, am I splitting hairs? Because I believe that a Christian can be heavily oppressed, mm-hmm. but not fully possessed. Because I think once the the Holy Spirit indwells, he won't give up his authority to demonic influence. Now, I, I look at oppression like an attachment. Am I am I splitting hairs there? Is it, is it just demonized? Is that just okay, so simply it? I actually have notes if you just give me like one second. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I like to do research. I'm one of those. I don't like to just take what people tell me. Like I, I am definitely so, research heavy. Yeah. So the word possessed, if you actually look up in the New Testament Greek, it means under the power of a demon or to have a demon. So people assume that like, you know, like that, you know, like if you have demon possession that you're just like snarling on the ground all the time and you're just like all chained up. Um, it is literally just saying that like you have demons like let me just try to word it a different way so being under the power of a demon i'm just going to share my story how about that that'll make it make more sense and i'm going to use scripture to back it up okay okay yeah so what's interesting is jesus actually performed like deliverance ministry okay so he actually went out and casted out demons that is something that he did and there actually is a bible verse that says that he was literally fulfilling a prophecy as he was casting out demons because it said that um that basically like his stripes and his stuff would like kill you and deliver you 
But yeah. he was already delivering people before he even died on the cross. And he told people to cast out demons um, after. Like, that was our commissioning. That's what we were told to do. Right. So if you're walking around and you are just assuming that only non-Christians have demons, that's actually very dangerous to be casting demons out of people that don't have Jesus. Because if you cast them out, you're going to have that same experience that my friend just had with her yep. dad. Or they just invite themselves back in. So, like, if you have somebody that does have demons and you know they have demons and they're not a Christian, you leave them to the Lord and then you cast out demons. I have a friend. Um, I'm not going to share her name, so I'm assuming it's okay to share the story. She, um, she was molested as a little kid, and so um, she got haunted because of that with a spirit of um, like sexual immorality, and she loved God met her at church. She did YWAM. She went to like a, a special mercy home for women. She did everything she possibly could to like get some healing. And she was never healed. It didn't matter how much time she spent with Jesus, she was never healed. And she eventually just completely walks away from God. And she got really deep into drugs and alcohol and homosexual lifestyle. And she lived that for a really long time. I think like five years. And mm -hmm. she wanted nothing to do with me at that point because my favorite topic is Jesus. And so I always just talked about God. And so I just always told her like, I loved her and I cared about her and I was there for her. And so she was actually finally at a place where she was actually ready to have a conversation with me. And she was at a place where she was just so broken that she was willing to try anything. And so I was just really honest with her. And I was like, homosexuality is a demon. I don't know if you know that or not, but whenever you're ready to get some freedom and I would love to pray with you and get that out of your life. And it took her a few months. Um, she eventually broke up with her girlfriend. She started going to church again. She started getting her heart ready for a place to actually want that. And she like called me up. She's like, okay, I'm ready. So like over the phone, I prayed with her and I had to repent of, um, the choices that she made. I had to forgive the guy that molested her. I had to forgive her family. I had to forgive herself. I had to forgive God. And then we casted out a demon over the phone. And she now is dating a man. She's led her aunt and her twin sister to the Lord, and she is doing a mighty work for God's kingdom. And it wow. didn't matter how much stuff she did in the past. Right. She had something that was like tormenting her because of something that happened to her when she was a kid. Right. So my story. So I love the Lord. I accepted Christ when I was 18. I speak in tongues. I've prayed for people. They've gotten healed. I hear him very clearly um, where like I could walk up to a stranger and God's like, you know, they want to commit suicide and I can be like, Hey, I feel like the Lord's saying this. And they're like, how do you know that? I was like, cause that's Holy spirit. Um, right. I was a missionary for five years. I went to Bible school. Um, so I even have a proof of like a really expensive degree. I still can't afford it and I have to pay back the government. Um, <laughs> um, and so I really love Jesus. He's my favorite topic. And I spent a lot of time with him and in his work. And so my biggest fear was I was going to be on the ground slithering um because i've seen the other people down on the ground slithering right. and people prayed for me and like asked things to go and i would just hear a voice in my head go no and i'm like that was weird um but i never wanted to say that loud because i didn't want to sound crazy uh, um and so about a year ago um i was laying on the couch with one of my closest friends her name is taylor um and taylor can see in the spirit she can see angels and demons and i know multiple like that so that's not weird to me um and so i'm on the couch and i 
we just had like a big event at my house and I am laying there and my hands are on my chest and I'm wearing a necklace that belonged to my grandma. And I hear God as clear as day tell me, you need to break these. These do not belong to you. And I pulled back my hand and the stone from the necklace was in my hands. And I was like, well, that's weird. Um, I guess that is the Lord because it literally just broke in my hand. So yes. I went upstairs and I pulled out everything that I owned for my grandma, her jewelry, her gloves, her purses, her hats, like some of her dresses. And I brought them downstairs and I grabbed my mom's stuff too um, because she was a Rambo girl. And so I grabbed it and I took a hammer and I took a pair of pliers and I started breaking it all. And the weirdest thing happened. I started screaming at the top of my lungs, but I wasn't screaming. And I was like, this is strange because I was wearing my head, but like I couldn't yes. control what was happening to my body. And I was like, huh. Um, and so what's weird is I had this hole in my heart, not like a literal like hole, you go to the doctor and they see a hole, but it didn't matter how much time I spent with Jesus or how much missionary work I did or how much I prayed or how much I sat at his feet. I literally felt this hole in my heart and I felt like my hands were empty. And after I broke that jewelry, it's like my heart filled. And wow. so my friend was like, hey, you should go talk to our deliverance minister friend. And I was like, well, Zoe's really weird. Um, I don't know if I want to talk to Zoe or not. <laughs> and he's like, and she was like, no, you should go and talk to him. And I was like, ah. And so to have him pray for me, I had to fill out this like extensive paperwork where it's like, what's your family history? Because there's a Bible verse that says the sins of the forefathers will go down to the third and fourth generation. And so my grandma's a Freemason, so she cursed her family line. So in my family, you can see cancer, 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 like all these different diseases. And they like hit almost every person, almost every person struggles with rejection. And so I could like literally see it mapped out. And so I had to write it all down. And then I handed him this like 30 page form. Um, and I was like, here you go. Um, and he came to my house and some of my other friends were there and he started praying for me and he had me start to renounce all the 33 degree Freemason stuff. So they have to like, they do this like, I don't know if they're like chants or whatever, but they like have like all these ties to like Satan, mm. through like their, their every different level you go through. And I don't know what level my grandma was because she passed away. And so right. I went through every single one. And then I started manifesting and I started hitting myself and I started hissing and I started crawling around on the floor. Oh, and I no. had voices coming out of me saying, um, you know, like nobody loves her. Nobody wants her. And I'm very aware of what's happening in my head. I can like, I am like there and I'm present, but I'm like hitting myself. And it's not like I want attention. Like this isn't fun. Um, right. I got all bruised and banged up from myself and they like held me back. Um, and they cast out demons out of me. And, um, I was like, wow, well, that was quite the experience. Um, <laughs> but over the next year I went through maybe like 10 or 11 different deliverance sessions because it's very hard to break off Freemasonry. Um, yeah. it's very deep. There's a lot of witchcraft. At one point I started yelling out, like, like, um, my grandma was a part of some kind of human sacrifice. And I was like, grandma, like, why did you make such bad life decisions? Wow. Um, and so like, I like, there's no way that I could have known that. And so like, I started going through this process of gaining healing. And so over this, like last year, I went from having this hole in my heart at all times to actually feeling like a whole, like a healthy whole person, like, and it's like been like complete night and day difference where I actually have like joy in my heart. I like 
90% of the time instead of walking around feeling depressed and wanting to kill myself. And, you know, like it's because it didn't matter. Like I, even though I had Jesus, I still had all these like thoughts and stuff going in my head. And mm. so not only did I see it for myself, I started working alongside that deliverance minister and I started seeing freedom for other people or people that had a background in witchcraft or um, one of the girls I know, like when she was a teenager, she basically signed herself over to Satan. She was really mad at God. And she's like, I hand you over Satan. She literally became demon possessed for two years. And then oh. I, had, hmm? I, I, thought I, said, I thought you said who <laughs> I was like, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Um, she can't remember those two years at all. She has no recollection whatsoever. Um, and so she's had to go through, through a process of like healing and like she's now such a healthy whole person like she's not perfect but like she like god has done amazing work in her life and i've seen people completely get set free that love the lord and you know i've also seen like illness leave people that love the lord um there's one lady i was praying with and she had um i think she had kidney disease and we prayed and she forgave her her father um she never met her father her father raped her mom like they weren't dating or anything it was like some horrible dude that rapes her mom and she was like the product of it she forgave her dad and god healed her of her kidney disease wow. it's like the craziest thing and so like i've seen like so much like healing and wholeness like happen because you know it even says like deliverance is for god's kids you know right. like part of the bible verse like talks about this like not for like the the dogs or whatever it's like it's met for his children like his stripes have killed us his stripes have delivered us but we have to go through that deliverance process with him because we are told as christians we're told to lay hands on the sick we're told that we're going to speak in tongues we're told that we're called to cast out demons and it's kind of like a process you know like normally christians will like at one point you know over here they'll accept jesus and they'll say some prayer they don't really understand what they're doing and then maybe like five years later they get baptized over here and then like you know most people don't never get deliverance because they think that just sounds crazy and you know and then you have all these broken christians and then like look at our day and age where how many people in the church are just walking away because yeah. they're seeing all this they're seeing more power in the demonic and in like the supernatural of like like the kundalini spirit and like all this other garbage that's in all these different places and like they don't see the power of the holy spirit because it's not taught to them like you're not a threat to satan going to church you're not a threat sitting in a pew and doing like you know just going every sunday like but if you want to be a threat for the kingdom you do what god's called you to do and right. that means going out and praying for people that they'll be healed praying yeah. that people will have demons cast out of them and like yeah that's just what i've seen so far see i think what it is is i i was just splitting hairs yeah you know um i would use from somebody someone having demons yeah uh, myself included at points i would i would call that uh demonic oppression because mm -hmm. you're not completely taken over at I, I was i was raised catholic yeah <laughs> so, uh, i was scared to death of demonic possession as a kid yeah um because i looked at possession is where bo's no longer here it's something else sitting to that's completely taken over you know that's yeah. that's what i called possession anything anything lesser than full takeover i just called oppression yeah and that's probably just my 
my fault for picking a word, you know, for yeah. trying to trying to split it and divide it like that. Because I've experienced uh, when my wife and I, we finally found the church we settled into and we, we rededicated our lives. Um, and I dedicated this podcast to God, made it an altar to God. And I was talking to a, a real strong Christian man and he was giving me some steps to do to, you know, kind of like self-deliverance. Mm-hmm. I experienced some really weird stuff, you know, like uh, I laid in the bed, you know, praying for God to take away certain things, you know, like I was, I was a bad smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of depression, a lot of anger, a lot of anxiety. And so I, I anointed myself with oil. I prayed over myself, mm-hmm. uh, asking God to take specific things. I was sick for like a full year mm-hmm. going through all this. Like I never felt good. Like, I was constantly, uh, I had laryngitis like three times. I got hit with that particular virus that everybody talked about. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, pneumonia. I had uh, bronchitis. So, I mean, all in one year, like tons of this illness. And mm-hmm. it, I told my wife about halfway through it. I said, I know what's going on. These, I'm, I'm being delivered you know I'm, these things mm-hmm. are coming off of me and there'd be times where i'd be laying in the bed and i feel like i was going to throw up you know mm-hmm. while i'm praying so i had to go and excuse myself to the bathroom and dry heave and yeah so i i know that it, that it's real i was just hung up i think on the word yeah possession or oppression because yeah you know uh or or even i would just water it down as just a just an attack <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because well, it's it uh, an attack. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It could feel scary, you know, when that stuff goes on. Oh but, yeah. I've seen some very weird things where like people's like nails come out and their eyes change. And um, really? literally like at one point saw something run across the bed. Like I couldn't see it, but I saw the sheets move and I could hear the noise. And I've also heard like demons talk. Um, that's creepy. I don't like that. I'll be like laying in bed and I'll just hear like, hi. And it's like this really like creepy voice. Mm -mm. And I just like, but I'm like, well, I know who God is. So I just like roll over. Um, I'm like, what are you going to do to me? Talk to me. Okay. Right. (laughs) And so, um, I actually have some like scriptures to like, actually like prove like the validity of it. So yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. Okay. If you would, and I, I know it would probably take weeks to go through it all if not months but i would love for you to to explain um like what your deliverance team does like how how do you cast out demons okay like what what do you go through if you if you're okay with talking about that yeah um so i work alongside of a deliverance minister um i've been doing it roughly for the last year um and so we hold like deliverance conferences as well as we do deliverance for people um and so it's like a main guy he actually used to be a pastor in new york and god told him to move here and so um we're a team of roughly like five or six people that work alongside of him and the team has been growing and bringing more people alongside of it and so basically what a deliverance session looks like like again you have to fill out a form and that basically the whole purpose of the form is like 
one to see if you're actually serious and want deliverance because if you really want deliverance you're gonna fill out like a 30 page form um and the other reason is because then we could actually look at and see what actually you're being attacked by and it just makes the process go by faster yeah. um so we're like oh they struggle with lust okay cool okay well like and so um there's traditionally we'll like sit you down and there will be um like a time of like repentance um, some of the things you are aware of and some things you're not aware of because some things are generational. So you will sit there and you say, basically, I break off any witchcraft, any of this, any of that. If there's Freemasonry in your family, there's like certain things that we actually have people go through and read um, and break that off of their family line. If they start to manifest and manifesting will look differently for other, other people. Um, some people yawn. I'm so irritated by those people because I'm like, I wish I just yawned. That would have been so nice. Um, some people like spit up stuff and it's just like a like a little like little drop of saliva. Some yeah. people just like start crying. And I'm like, again, like I wish I had that. Um, and then um, there's other people that voices come out of them or their eyes change or their body starts flowing about. Some people just start screaming. Um, and we sit it there. It depends on what kind of demon it is, too, I imagine, right? Um, well, I guess, I don't know. Like, I mean, we have free will and, like, the demons. So, like, the demons basically, I don't know if, like, you've talked through it on, like, your podcast, but I'm just going to go through it just because I'm a Bible nerd. So, basically, you had the fallen angels and they would have slept with the women and they had right. legal right because they did it legality they married them and so right. they had children by them and god's like oh heck no and they were also sleeping with animals so that's where you get cryptids from um yep. a blurry verse in there yeah. um so uh, god was like not about that and so he ended up flooding everything and the firmament opened and the water came down and then from there the demons had no place to go and they're like, well, where are we supposed to go now? And so they started inhabiting people because they need they need a body. Right. And so that's basically what the demonic is. It is the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, um, which is like one of my favorite topics. Um, but um, so basically we will sit there as long as it takes um until somebody finds freedom and it takes sometimes a while sometimes we have to have multiple multiple sessions with people because they've had a whole series of witchcraft in their backgrounds like one of the girls i know um her parents um dedicated her to satan or a fire or something like that when she was a kid and so you know stuff doesn't magically just leave it's like a process of like you know right. going through that with people um and so that's something I've always struggled with because I'm like, Jesus walked up to somebody and is like, get out, demons, and they left. And I was like, why do I have to go 15 times? But every <laughs> time I go, I get more and more freedom, you know, and, you know, we are given that authority. And so, um, so that's basically what like a session looks like. It could go anywhere from an hour to multiple hours. Um, and, um, yeah, normally multiple sessions are involved. Um, we never charge for it because Jesus is free. Um, and so that's what we believe in. And so, um, yep. so yeah. So that second part again, you never charge for it. Because yeah, we don't Jesus, charge for it because Jesus is a lot, free. A, a lot of people think that this is because deliverance ministry has become like, there's a lot more attention on it right now. And yeah. people are of the mindset that, somebody's out there trying to get rich <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? No. But I I know that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, people are always looking for like what's the hook? You know, what's the catch? Um, freedom. Freedom. <laughs> it's it. freedom. And, and I think because... that I think deliverance is so much more um prevalent now because we're so much closer. Yeah. I I think that you know spiritual warfare is so real. Yeah, it's very like, real. I, I can't go an hour. I mean, I probably sound like a crazy man at this point, but I in my in my world, I can't go an hour without it being on my mind. You know? Mm. Um I do have a question with yes. this form. Um yeah. and this would it'll kind of tie back to what you were you were saying about the generational um generational spirits and um, I know you had some scripture you wanted to read off and I'll, I'll want to hear that scripture. Yeah. Um, but when people's going through this form, I know there may be some listeners that are like, okay, yeah, I come from a background of witchcraft or mm -hmm. they, they play with the Ouija board and they did seances and they did, you know, whatever provoking uh, demons. If they are, if they feel like they're just too lost that they, they'll never think of all the bad they did. Is there like a blanket statement mm -hmm. to, to break contracts and ties? Like, Lord, yeah. deliver me from everything I've done. Yeah. Could, could it be that simplified or would that just be like 80 things pulling out of you at one time and, you know? Well, we have a list of like, I don't even know what some of them are. It's like hodums and totems. I don't know what that is. Um, But we like, we have them repeat after us and like say what all the things are. And so they probably don't know what some of those things are either. And then we ask them like, Hey, we want you to take a minute. We want you to ask Holy spirit, any questions and ask him, like, is there anything else that you need? Because like, I don't know when I was a kid, I played with a magic eight ball and like, and I didn't, you know, like when you're a kid, you don't really think about that, but you're basically right. just asking like something that's not God a question. And you know, that's not okay. Um, and so I had to repent for that, something as silly as that, but it like it opened up a door. Um, and so we'll ask, and then we'll just like do like a blanketed statement, like, Lord, I'm apologizing for anything known or unknown. Um, if there's anything else you need to bring to mind, I'm giving you permission to bring it to mind. But basically it's like, sometimes you do have to do that blanket statement because you don't know, and you don't know all the ties to your past. You know, like, man, if like, you just like think about like the history of just like, pretty much like any like North American, like you have people that have like ties to like the native Americans and they were like, you know, like doing like all their worship to different gods. And that's like ingrained into your system. Cause that goes back to third or fourth generation. You know, have people like from like all Irish culture that are like, you know, like all their worship to like that stuff. And they brought it over here and, you know, like everybody has something. You know, right. like my family, I'm, I'm Jewish and I'm Norwegian and, you know, like, you know, like there's, there's stuff on like all different sides and also part Native American. So like, I had to like apologize for things that like, I didn't even do, but like, it's, you know, you, when you break those things it no longer has a legal tie to attack itself to you because Jesus is inside of you. It can't attack your spirit, but it can attack your body and your soul. And right. that's not any fun when you're constantly hearing voices of like, you know, kill yourself, like harm yourself. Nobody loves you. You know, nobody cares. Maybe just go jump off a bridge. Like that's not something fun that anybody wants to live with, you know, that's and occasionally true. those voices try to come back and I'm like, no, I know my authority. 
I have yeah. power in Jesus' name. You get off of me and you get out of my home. Um, one of the things I actually did, I learned it on Blurry Creatures. They, um, I don't remember who it was, but they interviewed somebody and they talked about the Shema. And the Shema is scripture and it says, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. And it says the next line of scripture, they would place it over their doorways and they would place it over their gates. And so I literally did that. I live, live with three other girls in a house that used to be a church. Um, and oh, wow. so downstairs in my room, I don't have any windows. I don't even have a door. I have a curtain. I'm super classy. Um, and <laughs> um, over my my little doorway, I literally put the Shema and I wrote it in English and in Hebrew. And ever since I did that, nothing's bothered me. Wonderful. And things were bothering me. I was like seeing like blue lights floating around and I was hearing voices and all sorts of fun things. I was having nightmares. Yeah, mm -hmm. they haven't bothered me since. And so I'm just like, yeah, there's power in his word and there's power in his name. And, you know, that stuff is very real. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that uh, is more, more convenient, easier to carry, less of a load on your body, and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the uh, the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23BUMP. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something you know small, everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, I'm not coming home bag. He's got him. Check him out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Promo code 23BUMP. Yes. Yes, it is. And you had some scripture. I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole because I am, I'm really bad for going off on a tangent and like. Oh, no, me too. I get really passionate and I just like start word vomiting all over people and they stare at me like. Why you shared so much information? <laughs> and that's why I write notes so I can go back to things because I will keep going because I have like two or three yeah. other questions. Yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to get this scripture out because I, I know that there's powerful verses and psalms and scripture that will help with deliverance, um, and to help, like you said, to to prove it if people need any kind of verification or confirmation. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like this is a pretty good example of Jesus casting demons out of a Christian, okay? Mm. So uh, there's a phrase in the Bible known as the son of Abraham, okay? So 
Jesus literally rebuked the Pharisees for calling themselves a son of Abraham. And he called them, if you were a son of Abraham, you would do what God has asked you to do. Because when God talked about a son of Abraham, they were those that were obedient to the Lord and followed in the ways of Abraham, right? And so that's like mentioned first in like John chapter 8, verses 39 through 40. Now, if you go over to the book of Luke and you look at chapter 13 and you look at verses 11 and 16, I'm going to read part of it. And it says, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit, so it's a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, and was bowed together and could, um, I can't even read my own handwriting. That's horrible. Um, she couldn't lift herself. Um, and it says, this woman being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound these past 18 years, would be loose from the bonds on the Sabbath day. So she was referred to as a daughter of Abraham. Right. So Jesus was the one that specifically called her a daughter of Abraham. And so that was his way of just letting people know she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. She's following after me. And he set her free from her infirmity. And um, there's like other examples in scripture as well, where it talks about fathers, um, about Abraham as well. Um to do um another example is the book of mark you go to chapter five you go through uh, verses 25 through 34 and uh, jesus is talking to somebody and he refers to them as daughter and uh, he only referred to his family as daughters and sons he never walked up to a pharisee and be like hey you're my daughter or you're my son right he specifically called that over people and he also released and healed that person. So actually, a lot of times it's actually referred to as healing. So if you like look up like different passages. Um, so I'm reading from Matthew chapter 12, um, verse 22. Then they brought him a demon possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. Yeah. Okay. So he was demon possessed. He's blind and mute because of the demon possession and he healed him. Yes. And then yeah, there's another called, good one in there about a yeah. boy that was like having convulsions, like mm -hmm. uh, seizures basically. And Jesus mm -hmm. healed him and the, de the demon threw himself on the ground and tore himself out of the boy. Yeah. Um, there's another verse that says he went around healing all who were under the power of the devil. Yes. You know? Like that's another thing, you know, he also healed a lot of people. Um, and cast out a lot of demons in synagogues. But he never cast them out of the Pharisees. He cast them out of the people. And he would like yeah. preach. And then he would like cast the demons out of them. Yeah. And so I just find that that's interesting that they were sitting there basically in church hearing him preach. And then he walked around and like set them all free. And like, you know, there's so many examples where people were deaf or dumb or blind or couldn't like, you know, like convulsing on the ground and all these different things. And he set them all free. And it, it always talks about it being a spirit. And then it talks about it as a form of healing. Right. And absolutely. So, um, so that just like shows more, like more validity to like the fact that, you know, like deliverance is met for his followers. It's met for right. the people that are wanting to have more of him and wanting to have that freedom. You know, there is times where you could pray for like healing for somebody. You know, I have prayed for non-Christians for them to be healing, but it leads them to a point 
where they will actually want to try out Jesus and actually see if he's real because they got a healing. Yeah. But I've never walked up to a non-Christian. Actually, no, that's not true. I actually was a part of somebody that, okay. So when I did YWAM, there was a guy that was a part of YWAM and he didn't seem to like Jesus very much. And he um, wasn't very repentant and didn't really want to really be there. And um, at one point he started openly manifesting on our outreach. And so I walked up to the pastor um, where we were at um, and I asked him if he'd be willing to pray with me for this man. And he cast the demons out of him. And I was like, no, 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 that's not good. And he was fine for like two or three days. And then afterwards, he wanted nothing to do with God. He ended up leaving our mission trip. He wanted wow. nothing to like, he basically just like, it's like his situation got like a thousand times worse because they should not have been cast out of him. He needed to get his heart right with the Lord. He needed to actually know who Jesus was and know what his identity was. And then he should have had those demons cast out of him. And so it, I actually really like, I wasn't the one that prayed it, but I really regret not like making sure the pastor knew what he was doing, you know, yeah. like, Hey, like, do you know about deliverance ministry? Cause if we're going to cast something out of somebody, like we need to do it the right way. Cause we don't want to make somebody's situation worse. Right. And so, so when you do an actual deliverance ministry, you want to make sure that this person, because it makes so much sense when you said, you know, if you cast the demon out, if they don't have Christ seven, you know, seven more will come, yeah. come back in them. That alone shows you that Christians can have demons. Yeah. Um, Maybe not total takeover, because like you said, the spirit is secured in the Lord. Yeah. But they can have demons. They can have these these attachments. Yeah, yeah they um, can have stuff to like attacking their body and stuff. Because like even cancer, like that's inside your body. And like you can cast right. out the spirit of infirmity. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, you know, there, it would make sense that he would be in the synagogue. And because... That's that's before you know, these people didn't have the Holy Spirit. Those people that were in the synagogue, right? Yeah. They, they hadn't accepted the Holy Spirit, so they're going to be potentially chock full of demons, right. <laughs> you know, just anywhere. Uh, I I appreciate that. That's good scripture. That's good word. I appreciate that. Oh, now, I've heard you say something four or five times. Okay. You have to forgive my ignorance. Okay. I have no earthly idea what a YWAM is. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just assumed that every Christian magically knows what that is. Um, YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. It's a Christian non-denominational missionary organization that's in almost every country of the world. And they run something called a discipleship training school. And so basically they train up young people to be missionaries at home as well as overseas. And so... They basically, the the founder of it, his name is Lauren Cunningham. He basically has it set up. So he realized that people were coming to go do missions that like some of them had a background in Catholicism and some of them were Baptists and some of them were like, you know, just brand new Christians. And some of them like, you know, were evangelical free. And so you have all these different Christians coming together and he's like, hold on, we need to have like a general basis where we understand some stuff before we go out and do a mission trip. And so they have like three or four months of teaching where every week they have a different topic, like once on deliverance and spiritual warfare. They have one on the father heart of God. They have one on Holy Spirit. They have one on evangelism and apologetics and how to read the Bible and all these different topics. 
And then once wow. you have a grounding and a foundation, then they send you out for two to three months on a overseas mission trip where you are there long enough to actually make an impact in the culture, but you're not there like full time. And then you go back um, home. And so I um, did YWAM for five years. I lived in Australia and I lived in Canada and I led teams to like Papua New Guinea and um, the Holy Land and a bunch of different places. And so it was really fun. I loved it. Wow. That is amazing. I've, I've never been part of a mission, a missionary group or anything like that, you know, um and now i'm at the age where i i work too much <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I there's no way i could take three months uh unless you know the lord led me there and said you know quit your job you know yeah. I, then I, would, I would trust that and i would take off but yeah um yeah i, I think that's wonderful and I, yeah i'm sorry i just hadn't heard of wildwam no, I, I don't know fine. what to call it here you know um i'm in i'm, I'm positive it's in your state oh there's one in west virginia is there yeah they're Sweet. all over the place and yeah they're there's like a big one in kona hawaii that's like probably one of the biggest bases really mm -hmm. yeah what a lovely place to go to a mission <laughs> i i know right but then but then you get sent out to i've been i pretty gosh i've been to some pretty like not heinous but like you like living in a village for like weeks on end like bathing in like the river and like yeah. you know just like living off of rice and you know like it's like extreme camping and yeah and then you're just like you come back you're like god thank you for toilet paper and thank <laughs> you for like for running water and you're just like so grateful for like the small things and so yeah, yeah. that sounds wonderful really <laughs> i love that all right now did I did I get us off track? Are we are we pretty well caught up? <laughs> I think we're caught up. I don't know if you have like, um, you think if I have like other stories or things that I can share with you. Um, I got one more question. Okay. And it's just it's just for my own curiosity. Okay. Um, what is a rainbow girl? Is what is a rainbow girl? Um, yeah. that is the children's form of Freemasonry. Really? Yeah. So they start them when they're young. Um, so hey. they also have something for the boys. I don't know what that's called. Um, but yeah, it's a, a way to put your children in the occult. Um, wow. yeah. And then, so they're in it when they're kids and then they just assume it's like this fun club that you join and then you continue on with it. A lot of people are involved in things they have no idea. Like, I am. Um, so I have my own small business. I'm a health and wellness coach. And so I go to like different things and I got invited to the Rotary Club and right. I was like, what's the Rotary Club? And so I just like did some research and then like on the, like the title of the page is like something Rotary of mysticism. And I was like, Oh heck no, I'm not going. Oh, um, right. and I was like <laughs> warning people. I was like, you don't know what you're getting involved in. Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, not not about that. I don't I don't want to be more attacked and I don't care if it's good for my business or not good for my business. I'm not gonna go in places that it's like, oh, demons run right. And and going back to your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I try not to interrupt, but you know, I I know that when I'm when I hollered at you on Blurry Creatures, you were unfamiliar with the show. Yeah. Uh, my my show the bump podcast bump is an acronym okay it, it stands for believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal oh 
okay. So, I can see so that, that beside you. That's what the whole show is about, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's what me and Nate and Luke talked way mm-hmm. long ago because we were we started like I think I have like ten more episodes than they do. I th- I started like two months before. So okay. Like, the, we were on this flat trajectory at first, you know, and it's a very similar vein. Uh, they're wonderful. I, I can't say enough about bird creatures. Uh, I love it. When when you're a podcaster, but you like a show more than your own show, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, w- I wanted to ask you about this visions of your grandma. Mm-hmm. Um. Coming to you as a ghost. And I know ghosts are 100% real and ghosts are in the Bible. Yeah. Um, But what is that, that you're looking at? Is that now, is that a familial spirit? You know, is that a, a, de- a demonic entity that is presenting to you as someone in your family, something that you will recognize to lower your guard? Hmm. Or is that granny? What, no, how do you feel about well, that? Well, granny was still alive um so it could have been yeah so it could have been ash projection um or it could have been um just like you know like demons can take on like the body forms of like people and things like that that is a real thing and so it could have been that as well um but it was more like it was more like just like this constant fear that I constantly had and she was like the kindest woman I think she was probably like paying penance for like what she did when she was younger maybe I don't know um but she was like such a kind kind woman I was like why am I so afraid of grandma but you know like there was a bunch of stuff in that house like I'll never forget it was like the weirdest moment of like my entire childhood I think I was a teenager my mom like brought me into her room she's like I just want to show you something really special and I was like okay and she's like close your eyes about your hands and I was like that's weird and I was like why like a snotty teenager um and she's like just close your eyes put out your hands and she handed me something that felt really furry and I'm like am I holding an animal and I opened up my eyes it was like handfuls of like braided hair that belonged to my ancestors and I screamed and I dropped it I was like why do you have this like what same person's like I'm gonna keep great grandma's hair um and so like it's like it's basically like every Freemason from all generations was like in my hands um yep. But yeah, so like something too. Um, so I was there the day my mom died. So my mom passed away from cancer about a decade ago. And I didn't know this at the time. Otherwise, I probably would have like ran the opposite direction. But demons need like a body. They need a host. And so like when she died within like minutes, I was all like hugging up on her and like laid in the bed with her for like 10 minutes. And, you know, like I made my situation worse. Um, and yeah. so um, that's like something, you know not to do um but yeah that was a that was a good learning lesson as yeah. well so. wow you just hit me with something that i had not considered hmm. i mean like think about it like in the bible like jesus cast out the demons out of the dude they end up going to the pigs and then the pigs drowned they had to go somewhere else they didn't just like float around in the water yeah. like you know like going to dolphins or mermaids or something you know, I thought that it was just um, a normal thing. My my grandmother played a major role in my life, mm-hmm. like kind of like second mom kind of role. Yeah. And when she passed away, um, that was pretty much the start 
of a really dark period in my life. Yeah. I went through probably five years of really a really dark period. Like yeah. I did not live like a Christian man. Um and we had always just called her, you know, that was my nanny is what <laughs> what we called. We didn't call her grandma or anything. But she was a, a worry, a worrier, you know, a worry work is what we call her. Yeah. You know, it's just, and she had a lot of worry over people, a lot of anxiety over people. Yeah. And when you were saying that, it, it was like it come to me that maybe that's what I took on. That wasn't just like, it wasn't, well, I've, one, I was fractured. So I, I, I'm i sure I was open to receive any kind of negativity at that point. Mm-hmm. But that uh, if she had this spirit of anxiety on her, yeah, I was holding her hand as she passed, you know, yeah. why wouldn't that come into me? Because I was not that guy. You know what I mean? I was a happy go lucky. I was in the Air Force living my best life. Yeah. And but from there on and I I, I battled anxiety. Um, It still tries to creep up every once in a while, but not nearly like it was. I mean, yeah, uh, that is interesting. Yeah, because they need they need somewhere to go, and you're like an available body just standing right there. Yeah, after my my mom died, um, I went through a season of like some of the hardest years of my life of a lot of rejection, a lot of abandonment, a lot of a lot of really 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 hard things. That I don't really feel comfortable talking about on a podcast, to be honest. I'm but sorry. Um, it, no, I'm just being honest. I'm not to be like, and this horrible thing happened, but it right. was just a, a really 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 hard season of you know, and uh, I mean. I mean like god like so this is something like i always just struggle with like god has like certain things like set in place that people just think magically disappear when jesus died on the cross and so yeah. when he talks about like do not touch a undef- like a defiled thing that means that 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 you are undefiled and when you touch that defiled thing then you become defiled and so i think people think jesus died on the cross and they have liberty to do whatever they want which it doesn't save that it literally says that he came to fulfill the law. Fulfill doesn't mean end the law. Fulfill means that he fulfilled it. And so um, there are certain things that, you know, like, you know, like you're not going to go to hell if you eat pork, but it's like super toxic. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, if you poop like inside the camp, like you go to any third world country and they cook where they eat, where they poop and shower you get so sick every every mission trip i was like popping like probiotics and like wow. you know like just like covering myself in essential oils and i was like oh my gosh i'm like died like how do they do this and everybody dies earlier in the country because they're like all pooping in the water and bathing like god's like poop outside the camp like there's sort of things that he said <laughs> not to do because you know you know there's like a civil law as well as there is the mosaic law as well as there is a law that they created themselves um and then you also have um the sacrificial law and so there's four different laws and so it's like you know i think the civil ones are like you know okay god i will not poop or eat i i'm okay with that one you know certain things like that and it's like oh don't touch it a foul body that's the reason why or like um you know like this is always like a fun one you know like your body has like frequencies and stuff in it if you mix certain like cloth together where it says not to do that in the bible it actually messes with your frequency and it actually makes you physically sick yes and Isn't that then, weird you know, 
Yeah. And like, even like your shoes, like back in the day, their shoes used to be made out of like wood or different things like that. And now we have rubber. So your feet are even being grounded. And so people right. are getting sick because they're not being grounded. And so if everybody's like, oh, look how much we have advanced in technology. No, we're just sicker. Um, <laughs> we have all these problems and we don't know what's wrong with us because, you know, we're wearing the wrong things and we're pooping in the camp and we're doing all this stuff. Um, yeah, I'm very passionate about it. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I love that you approach this, you know, from a, a Christian perspective with these particular things that you're bringing up. Because I hear, um, I have friends from the show and, you know, in the local area who are into uh, health and wellness, mm -hmm. but they come at it from a, like a Reiki or, oh, nope. or yoga, you know. Demons. Don't do and, either of those. And look, I, I'll just tell you, I don't know if she listens to the show anymore. I doubt it. But I had a young lady that was on my show um, early, early on. And a Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, she she happened to open up a yoga studio. And she was syncing it together. You know, she was, you know, in her meditation, it was to Jesus. And I was like, okay, but that, that line she wrote, I've, I've watched. Yeah. And it's just, it's turned into something completely different. Yeah. And now it's, it's very, it's very woke. It's very, uh, it, it's just went off the rails in my opinion. And yeah. I, I love them. You know, they're, they're great great-hearted people but it's so easy to to open that door to mm -hmm. any of these doors there's so many doors right yeah <laughs> i mean i don't think christians realize with like yoga like you're actually doing sun worship like it literally like all the the the, the poses are actually meant to worship the sun god and there's another one that's meant to worship the moon god and you know like there's nothing wrong with stretching but when you're doing it in that order and you're clearing your mind you are inviting yourself to be attacked by the enemy and uh, you know like god does not want that for you you're practicing new age practices um there's uh, a spirit called kundalini that a lot of christians aren't aware of and it's the it's kind of the new age jesus you know that makes people bark at church and roll around on the floor and like you know they're like think it's jesus but they look like they're manifesting because i've seen manifestation um oh, and wow. so um that's a very real thing you know where like i'm always like at church i'm i've i'm very selective of where i go it like i looked for like two years to finally found the church that i go to um yeah but they believe in like tongues and healing and casting out demons. And they're very solid. They're a patriotic church, which I think is really fun. They like do things for the kingdom with like God. And they have like people come and teach you how to vote and stuff. And they also had like on um, the day before Halloween, they had like a, a burning where like people were like burning their Harry Potter. And it was great. It was like super <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, you don't find that most churches, but yeah, you have to like, you see people like rolling around and people flailing about, you know, God gives you a spirit of self-control. If you cannot control your body, that's not Jesus. You know, like if you're, you can't get words out, that's not Jesus. You know? Right. So, yep. yeah. Yep. I've, uh, like I said, Southern West Virginia. Mm -hmm. It's, it seems to be mainly Baptist here. 
but we okay. have a very we have a very healthy Pentecostal population. Okay. And uh, the church I go to is non-denominational, a little community church. Okay. Um, okay. Up in the the head of a holler, like you cannot go any further. It ends at this church. And it is much like what you're talking about. We mm-hmm. we are open to everything. If it's in the word, it's a go. It's a green right. light, you know. But I have been to revivals where I've seen things go in a direction that I thought. Uh, it's more for themselves, you know. It, it's more to edify yeah. themselves. You know, yeah. that's, that's a heartbreaker. Yeah, it is because it's like then it becomes a show. Like Jesus yep. is not a show. And right. You know, Jesus is a performance like I so I'm from California. Right. And so I like lived in like the hub where like um, Lincoln Brewster, if you know who that is, like he like did worship at like this big church and as well as like Caleb Radio was just down the street and like oh, yeah. every corner was like a different giant mega church. Like even the church I went to, even though it was really biblically sound and it did exegetical teaching was like a church of 4000 people because it's oh, wow. like all the people that love Jesus apparently all live in the same spot. It's like, what mega church do I want to go to? Um, but <sighs> you know, I don't remember my point. I don't remember why I was just even mentioning that. <laughs> we were, we were yeah. talking about becoming a show, a spectacle. Oh yeah. So I went to one of the churches and they had like, um, they had like a rotating like drum set and they had like, like a Starbucks and a fountain and they had like, you know, lights everywhere and smoke machines. And I was like, Oh heck no. like i'm not about that like jesus like your money should be going to further the kingdom not further yourselves and your glory um Mm. and so like my church that i even go to now it's like they have like this little hand-built stage like you can tell that they tried it's cute um and (laughs) you know like it's just like they're they care more like every friday um, I'm just going to give a shout out to my church. I go to Engage Ministries in Lowell, Arkansas. People should come yeah. check it out um, if you live in the Northwest Arkansas area. But they have um, Revival Fridays. It started out, um, we had a deliverance minister come. And we had a big tent revival and a bunch of people got set free. And so every Friday now they have a time of prayer and healing and deliverance. And they're actually training the church to go through deliverance. And yes. so I just think that's really cool. I also want to give a shout out to my ministry. If people have a Facebook and they want to check it out, or if they need some prayer and healing, um, it's the Healing Plus Deliverance Center of NWA. So NWA stands for Northwest Arkansas. The Healing and Deliverance Center? Yep, of NWA. But it's like a plus sign. That's like how it's written. So it's not like and, it's like a plus. So Awesome. I will definitely try to find a link to put in the show notes. Okay. So, so people can click on it. I can on send Facebook. it to you as well. Yeah. 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 Send it to me. Send me anything you want me to put into the show notes. Um, okay. Like I told you about YouTube, a little bit of a fight. Um, but I will definitely, in my podcast, you know, the actual show notes on Apple or Spotify or whatever, I'll put mm-hmm. any link that you want to send me. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Alisa, thank you very much for You're coming welcome. on the show. You absolutely rocked it. You gave me plenty to think about. Lots of meat there to chew on. Uh, I love it. I love to research. And I, I love everything you had to say. Um, you've enlightened me a little bit on on several things. And I appreciate you so much. It was fun. I Yeah, this is kind of like a dream come true. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me.
Absolutely. And if you have anything else you want to talk about down the road, holler at me. We'll come back. We'll do it again. Okay. Um, if you want to tell like horrific stories of deliverance that you can recall, <laughs> or if you want to talk about miracles and seeing, you know, yeah. angels of the Lord, I would, I'd love to hear it all. Anything yeah. you want to talk about. I have, I've seen some crazy miracles. I've seen people push their wheelchair home and I've seen eyes get healed and legs grow out and all sorts of fun things. God's very real and he's very powerful and he's very good so okay yeah. give me give me one of those before we hang up give, um, give me okay so i was in papua new guinea yeah. and um we were four girls and we were praying for every single person in the village so that took a while so we were paired up in like twos just to make sure there's like validity in what you're praying for and so there was a an older gentleman i want to say he was probably like in his 50s and he uh he just came up and just asked for prayer and we didn't know what he needed prayer for, but Holy Spirit knows what he needs prayer for. God speaks to me very much like movies in my head. And sometimes I have no idea on earth what they mean. And I always feel really awkward sharing them with people. And so I am praying and I'm like, okay, God, what does this guy need prayer for? And I see a picture of like a cliff and I see a motorcycle go off the cliff and start spinning round and round and round and round and going down. And then I see a coconut tree fall and I see a small child. I was like, Jesus, what does that mean? And this man lives in another culture. And like, he speaks very broken English. Like, what am I supposed to tell this man? I sound like I'm a nut job. And so to the best of my ability, I explained the vision that God gave me for this guy, right? And right. so he starts to proceed to tell me that when he was a kid, that, um, that a coconut tree fell on him and he's been in pain ever since. And so we prayed for him just like one time and God completely healed his back and all the pain oh, wow. left. And then he starts crying out, pray for my eyes, pray for my eyes. I want to read the Bible. And so we prayed for his eyes. He's like, hey, Bible, Bible. And so we like handed him a Bible after we prayed for him. And he started reading the word and he was like profusely crying because he hadn't been able to see in a very long time. And oh, then there was another guy. Oh, this one's also one of my favorite stories. He wasn't killed, but I just, just was the goodness of God. So we're praying again for every person in the village. We pray for this guy's mom. And every time I'm praying for his mom during this time, I keep seeing a picture of him hanging himself. And I was like, that's really dark, really morbid. And so when we went to go pray for him, I just kept seeing these really horrible pictures. Like think Beetlejuice, like that movie's just gnarly as it is. And I just kept yeah. seeing stuff like that. And I was praying for him and he had very, very, very good English. And so we didn't need like a translator or anything. And so I brought it to my team because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be wrong. And I brought it to them and I was like, can you pray on this? Because when I prayed for his mom and when I prayed for him, I see these really dark pictures. And so we prayed for his mom and not his mom, sorry. We prayed as a team and we all kind of got the sense that we needed to bring it up to him. And so we brought it up to him and we're like, Hey man, I don't really know what's going on with you, but I feel like a, you're being attacked by a spirit of lust. And B, you're getting attacked by a spirit of suicide. And we just, we're not sure, does this resonate with you? And he started crying because he said that he was planning on killing himself. And he had just asked the Lord that week, God, if you're real, prove yourself to me. Have somebody say, are you trying to kill yourself? And he's still alive. And Thank that whole Lord. lust thing was correct too, because he was married and all these women in the village were going after him. And so we got to pray for him. We got to pray for his marriage. We prayed over his life. We prayed wholeness and healing over him. And like, it just shows like the glory and the goodness of God. 
because when you know him and you like are in his word and you spend time with him, he speaks to you and he speaks to every person differently, but he's, he has things for people. People are willing to listen and he, his desires for the captives to be set free, whatever that looks like, you know, sometimes that's deliverance ministry. Sometimes it's unforgiveness. Sometimes that's repentance and sitting at his feet. Sometimes that's, you know, like, just doing what he's asked you to do and just go run after that stranger because you never know. I had moments like when I was in Australia, I'd be like on a beach and God's like, go pray for that girl. I'm like, that's weird. He's like, go pray for that girl. <laughs> I'm like, that's weird. And I'm like literally walking the opposite direction. He's like, go pray for that girl. I'm like, fine. I'm not very obedient the first time. I'm still learning that. Um, 20 years in and still they can't figure it out. And so literally running after this girl, run up to her completely out of breath and be like, <gasps> I'm like, the Lord has a message for you. And she just started crying because she was not a Christian. She didn't know why, but she felt like she was supposed to go to the beach that morning. And she had already walked all the way up and now was walking all the way back. And she was like probably four minutes from her car at this point. And she was like, why did I come here? What was the point of that? And I almost missed it, you know? And so like, God, God's very real and he speaks very clearly. And he really just, his desires for his kids to just be set free you know, yeah. and for them to have a relationship with him and to know him, to glorify him. And Christianity is not boring, you know, no, it's, like, not. it's like not boring at all. But like deeper you go in, you're like, there's Nephilim and like cryptids and like, you know, all this like crazy stuff. And there's supernatural warfare going on around you. And there's like demons getting cast. I'm not bored at all. Sometimes I'm just tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, he's he's very real and he's very much working. So. Amen. Amen. This is just the conversation I needed. I appreciate you so much. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So okay. we'll wrap it up. If, like I said, if you ever want to come on and do a part two, just holler at me, say the okay. word and we'll do it. All right. Okay. Sounds good. All right. You Thanks have a good well. evening. You too. And God bless. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
when I was young. All the wicked things that I've done. Then one night, on my knees I pray. I ask the Lord for some better days. Yes, I went to the altar. I fell down on my knees and I prayed. I asked the Lord. have a friend who had grew ill. Doctors said the only way he would make it would be God's will. He called me up one night just to say, brother, if you would need you to pray. So I went to the altar. I fell down on my knees and I prayed. I asked the Lord if he would He's living better days. So if you're here feeling lonely and your burdens you no longer can bear, just come on. To this altar and take it to the Lord in prayer. Come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you, and you'll be living better days. So come on up to this altar and fall down.
Better days. Better days.